Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. It is Thursday, I hope wherever you're watching or listening to this episode around the world, you're having a very good end to the week as we head towards the weekend. European football is done. Well, actually, no, I say that. Champions League is done for the week. Of course, there is still Europa League action and Conference League action for uh, some teams to be involved with before the weekend. But of course, Arsenal don't need to worry about that for the first time in a few seasons because it's all about the Champions League for them. So we are done. For the midweek, all the focus now can switch, of course, to the Premier League on Saturday. Arsenal taking on Sheffield United at the Emirates. I will be at that game. I'll be in the press box as well for the first time this season for that game. That is something you're going to start seeing a lot more regularly from now on. Not so much at home games. I'm still going to continue to do what I've been doing for the majority of the home games so far. So I'm going to be sitting in my seat for most of those games. But the odd game at the Emirates, I will be in the press box covering it for goal of course, who I used to work for. I'm going back to them to provide match coverage, just Arsenal match coverage for them. Um, some of them at the home games, but the vast majority of Arsenal away games, I will now be back in the press box. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. All the usual stuff from me there with the match stuff. So looking forward to getting back there. I'll be back to London Colney for some press conferences as well. Um, so, yeah, that's coming this weekend. Myself and James Benj will be sitting down a little bit later on today to record this week's Inside Arsenal Extra Time. So, as always, if you want us to discuss any sort of comments or questions or opinions from you guys in that show, then you know what to do. If you're watching this on YouTube, put them in the comments below. I'll go through a few of them, select some of them, and then myself and James will discuss them when we sit down a little bit later on to record that show. Okay, let's get started, shall we? I wanted to spend the start of today's episode talking about Takahiro Tomiyasu after that fantastic performance for him against Sevilla in the Champions League. There's been lots and lots of debate sparked by that performance um, in the last 24 hours or so. I've had lots of comments being thrown at me on my timeline on social media 
uh, you guys as well. Some of you in the comments below from yesterday's uh, show talking about Tommy Asu and wondering, you know, is this the time? Do we now bring in Tommy Asu as a regular starter in this Arsenal team? Should he be ahead of Alexander Zinchenko at left back in this back four? It's been a big debate. I saw Ian Wright, I think it was, um, was talking about Zinchenko after the Chelsea game and sort of pointed to the absence of Granit Xhaka this season as a potentially, you know, quite a big reason for, I suppose, what you'd call a bit of a drop-off in form from Zinchenko so far this season. I don't think he's been terrible by any means. I thought he was very good, say, against Manchester City and that when he did struggle against Chelsea, no doubt about that. Um, and it didn't surprise me at all that Tommy Asu started the game against Seville. And it's, you know, there's certainly a lot of people now questioning whether Tommy Asu should be a regular starter in this back four. Now, look, we know what Tommy Asu brings. He's such a consistent performer. When he's fit, he is absolutely fantastic. He brings so much versatility to this team as well. He can play right back, left back, can play across as a centre back as well, equally as well um, as he can at full back. He shows that for Japan every time he plays there. Uh, I think he played there for Arsenal uh, centre-back against Brentford in the League Cup, didn't he? He was just a man of the match performance. He was absolutely exceptional in that game as well. And he's just such an excellent player to have around. I, some people have really surprised me over the last, I don't know, few months or so. I've been saying, should we cash in on Tommy? It's like, no, why would you Why would you even consider cashing in on Tommy Asu? Still so young, only 24. Um, as I said, he brings that versatility to the squad that can play in all those kind of positions. I remember I was sitting down <laughs> watching a severe game with my dad on um, on Tuesday night. And when Arsenal were under pressure in that sort of last half an hour or so, I was like, I turned to him, I was like, this is the exact time you just want to bring Tommy Asu on because you know he's going to completely shut, help shut the game down. But we couldn't, of course, because he was starting that game. Um, and it's like, yeah, you could do with having more of that type of player who is just so reliable. You know, you can throw on and can do, play that sort of performance. But when he starts as well, you know, he is right up there. And this is what you need in your squad, I think. I think the debate about Zinchenko and um, Tommy Asu is a, is a fair one. But I also think you just need the squad level to have players at all at this kind of level. So whoever you start, whether it be Zinchenko in certain games, whether it be in Tommy Asu, they can come in and they can just produce a level of performance where there is no drop-off in form. Um, I can see the merits from some people saying um, Tommy Asu should be playing ahead of Zinchenko every game, but I don't really agree with it. I think I, you know, I think you can pick and choose, and that's the beauty of having these quality of players in your squad. Sort of look ahead to this weekend, Sheffield United, isn't it? You know, you know what kind of game that is going to be. Arsenal are going to dominate possession in that game. Sheffield United are going to sit deep. They're going to absolutely play two blocks of four, potentially two blocks of five, um, and try and shut down all the space and make things really, really difficult for Arsenal. It's just obvious that's how they're going to play. Do you need Tommy Asu in that game? for example, at left back. I'm not so sure. I think that's a game where you play Zinchenko in that game because you know Arsenal are going to dominate possession. You know they're going to need some clever movement in and around the penalty area. Someone with an eye for a pass who could potentially break the lines and get beyond what's going to be two very, very rigid sort of backs of four or five there. Is Tommy Asu the player for that? I'm not so sure. I, I would still be playing Zinchenko in this game against Sheffield United. But then when Arsenal go to Newcastle next weekend, for example, Tommy Asu starts that game. For me, you play Tommy Asu. And that's where I don't think it's a case of Tommy Asu or Zinchenko. I think it's a case of Tommy Asu and Zinchenko, and you just rotate the pair of them and you sort of pick and choose the game depending on the tactics. And I think that's a really strong position for Mikel Arteta to be in. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I just think he's such a great player, Tommy Asu. It's great to see him getting the deserved that uh, the praise that he deserves. And 
it just it just reminds me of some of the questions I had about should Arsenal be cashing in on Tommy Asu. It just made no sense to me at the time. It's like, why would you consider cashing in a player that good? Yes, he's had injury problems since he's joined Arsenal. That has been a bit of a frustration. I don't think last season was anywhere near as bad. And obviously the injury he got against Sporting, you know, that wasn't one of the issues that we've seen him have before that. That was a really unlucky injury because he fell badly and did his knee. You know, apart from that, he was actually relatively fit for the most for the majority of last season he didn't really have those sort of injury issues that we'd seen in the first season so I don't think he really it's it's fair to definitely say he's injury prone or anything like that and I think it was certainly you could see how much he was missed last season when he was injured as well in that game against Sporting Lisbon and um, yeah I just think he's a fantastic player and I'm delighted to see him playing so well um, but having said all that I still probably would start Zinchenko in this game against Sheffield United at the weekend because of the reasons I've listed. But let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Would you be playing Tommy Asu? Do you think he deserves to keep his place for this game um, at the weekend? Or would you like me probably look at the opposition, how they're going to play and think it it probably fits Zinchenko a little bit more. But with those games next week, potentially Sheff- um, West Ham may be in the cup on Wednesday night, but certainly Newcastle away when you know the exact sort of game that they are going to play and how intense that's going to be and how much pressure Arsenal are going to be under at St. James's part. And for me, Tommy Asu absolutely should be starting that game ahead of Zinchenko. Okay, Thomas Party's injury issues are obviously a bit of a worry. Well, they're more of a bit of a worry. And I've got some questions from and comments from you guys at the end on that exact subject. But if, and it is an if, I don't know yet, if he does miss out this weekend, which you would expect he probably will, because if he's got a muscle injury, no matter how... Um, sort of slight the issue might be you'd think it's probably a doubt to be playing this weekend the fact he didn't even travel with the squad midweek it must make him very very doubtful for this weekend and that kind of begs the question of what do you do to replace Thomas Partey in that midfield this weekend because you'd imagine that would I don't think as I was saying about the whole Zinchenko thing you need Declan Rice and Jorginho starting against Sheffield United this weekend obviously we've seen recently in the last few games We've had Jorginho as a six. Declan Rice has pushed forward and played alongside Martin Odegaard. I don't think you need that against Sheffield United this weekend. I think Arsenal are going to need players who are going to break down what's going to be a very um, sort of persistent rearguard from Sheffield United. So I don't think you need Jorginho and Party. I think you have you drop Rice back into that number six role that we've seen him play this season and you have Odegaard and then it's someone next to Odegaard. And for me... I think this is the perfect opportunity to give Smith-Rowe a start in the Premier League. There is the Havertz option as well, but we don't know yet what's happening with Gabriel Jesus. And if Gabriel Jesus is out this weekend, I think I think Havertz is a good good shout for you playing in that, in that number nine role. Again, against a team who are going to drop very, very deep and you might need a bit of a focal point up front rather than Nketiah. So I look at, I look at that left eight role potentially this weekend has been a real perfect opportunity to give Emil Smith-Rowe a chance. We've heard Mikel Arteta talk loads of times about, you know, it's my fault. This is why I'm not playing players. You know, I, I, I need to give them more opportunities. Well, this feels like, if Thomas Partey's out, it feels like a big opportunity because it seems like, for whatever reason, and I'm not sure why, that Emil Smith-Rowe has, has kind of moved ahead of Fabio Vieira a little bit in the pecking order. We've seen Fabio Vieira, he was left out of the squad altogether um, at the weekend. Didn't, he was back in it for the midweek, but didn't come on. We've seen Smith-Rowe preferred to him. He came on against Chelsea early on. And so it just seems like we've seen a little bit of a shift from what was going on at the start of the season. When And Smith-Rowe now seems to be slightly ahead of Fabio Vieira in the pecking order. And if that is the case, then you know give him a start this weekend against Sheffield United. It just feels like the perfect opportunity. You've got two games next week as well. You're going to need to rotate the squad. And if there is no um, 
Thomas Partey, then I think it's just an absolute prime prime chance here to play Smith-Rowe against a team who are going to be sitting very, very deep, who you're going to need someone who can get beyond the defence, play that sort of round-the-corner type pass. And he just, he has talents and qualities that other players in this Arsenal squad don't have. And I think it would be perfectly suited to the type of game that I'm expecting against Sheffield United at the weekend. So, yeah, for me, I'd be playing Emil Smith-Rowe, but let me know again what you guys think in the comments below. Right, let's move on to some of your questions and comments. Here's one from Obez42. says, too much criticism of Raya. I'm just tired of it. The number of misplaced balls from the severe keeper to our players were many, yet no one says a thing. It's not as if Rambo's never kicked a ball to Rosette, never looked nervous on the ball, never made errors at all, never mind errors that lead to goals. It's like Ramsdale has suddenly become the best keeper in the world and Raya the worst. Yeah, I think, obviously, that I've spoken about it so many times that I think it's just because of who Ramsdale is. The focus is on that. Obviously, he was such a huge popular player at Arsenal. No one really thought he'd made too many errors to be pushed out of the side. Suddenly, this signing happened right at the start of the season. It caught everyone by surprise and it's become this big story. Of course it has because of who Ramsdale is, because he's England's international pushing to be England number one. Um, So I can understand the spotlight on it. Um, And every time Raya makes what's perceived a mistake, obviously it's going to be highlighted in the way it is but I think it's really interesting there's a good it's, it's a very good comparison here this is Squawker put this out um this was before the game against Sevilla in midweek and it's sort of comparison of Ramsdale and Raya um so far this season in terms of games played and it's per 90 um what they're averaging and you kind of look at you know Raya is so far ahead of Ramsdale in all of these stats that they've brought up in terms of ball recoveries, passes attempted, you know, miles, miles ahead, pass accuracy, um, long passes attempted, you know, clean sheets, goals conceded, saves made, everything is ahead, save percentage way ahead. Um, and I think, again, you know, and I'm not an analyst by any means, and I think we all, as fans, watch most of the games or majority of games and you kind of you're doing it with the eye test aren't you you're not thinking analytically you're not looking at all these stats you're just looking at it from a fan point of view thinking oh there's a mistake there there's a mistake there Should, would right with Ramsdale have done that would right have done that Arsenal obviously and Arteta and the goalkeeping coaches and all the analytics department will be looking more at this sort of stuff and saying this is what we want from our goalkeeper we want those recoveries we want those passes played we want that higher pass accuracy and you know, all of this sort of stuff is going to be what they're looking at. And from these sort of metrics, you can kind of see why Raya is ahead. And this is a goalkeeper who I think we're all thinking so far hasn't quite performed at the level we thought he was going to. And I don't, you know, I think Raya's a better goalkeeper than Ramsdale. I've said that many a time. Um, and I think he'll be Arsenal. I think he is Arsenal's number one. And I think he'll remain Arsenal's number one. I, I just ultimately feel like Ramsdale's going to, you know, what one of these goalkeepers is going to end up leaving. That's obvious. And for me, if you're asking me right now who it's going to be, I, I still think it'll be Ramsdale. Um, and what you kind of, you just look at these sort of metrics, these, these sort of stats, and you can see why the change has been made because of the way that Mikel Arteta wants his goalkeeper to play. And, it's going to remain a hot topic of conversation. You know, I'm sure I'm going to talk about it more. I'm sure we're going to see it every time again mistakes are made or if Ramsdale comes in and has a good game in the cup, League Cup like he did against Brentford, it's going to continue to be this debate and it's going to go on throughout the season. Um, but ultimately, I just think we're just, we've just got to accept that the change has been made. David Ryer is Arsenal's number one and I think he's going to remain Arsenal's number one um, for the foreseeable future. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat 
rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Right, there's a couple here. I said we're going to talk about Thomas Partey, or you guys had some comments. And there's, this is just two. There's been plenty more than this that I could have brought up. And a lot of you grow frustrated with Partey and the injuries. And it is a frustration. I know it's a frustration because he's such a good player. We want him to stay fit. Every time he seems to get fit, he goes off and gets injured again. Yeah, this one's a real, real shame. I think I haven't actually looked at the numbers on Thomas Party. Um, I'm just going to type this in to see what it is. But he's just obviously not played many games for Arsenal this season because of the injuries. And um, he's, what, he's played four games in the Premier League. He's played two games for Ghana so far this season. Um, and he started two games for Ghana as well. And it, it is just a real shame what, what's going on. I mean, the the top question here is, hi, Charles, regarding party, do you think he needs to be sold? He's a brilliant player and fit, but he's never fit enough. Also, given his age, do you think it'll be a good time to sell him next summer? You know, I've had that question a lot of times before. It always seems to be clipped up and quoted by various websites as well when I respond to it. Um, look, ideally, I think Tom, I, I would like Thomas Party to stay. I think he's a really good player. We know he's a really good player. It's not a case of think. I know he's a really good player, and I think he brings a lot to this Arsenal team. But as I've said many a times before, you know, there's gonna a decision is gonna need to be made in the summer when it comes to Thomas Party just because of his contract, how old he is, his contract situation, and I'm sure these injury issues are gonna be taken into account because it's like, do you give him a new long-term contract this summer and then hope these injury issues go away when when you kind of look at it from a sort of evidential point of view, it doesn't look like those injuries are gonna go away because they haven't gone away since the moment he signed. And so there will the club are going to have to take a decision from a purely sporting or business point of view. If there is an offer on the table, if someone comes in for Thomas party in the summer, then I'm sure, you know, they, they're going to have to think about it. And that's not me saying they should think about it, but just as a club point, just as a club and as a business, they're going to have to think about it. Um, do I think he should be sold? It's a really hard one because I just want Thomas party to be fit. And if he's fit, then no, I don't want him to be sold because I think he's an excellent player. And I don't think, when I look at how he plays and everything like that, I don't think, you know, he's, if when he gets to 32, 33, he's going to be too old to be playing at the top level. I, I really don't, but I just want him to be fit. If he can't stay fit, then is there any point of him staying at Arsenal and getting a long-term contract? You have to say no, because he needs to be fit to warrant getting that contract. And Arsenal being in that position before when they've given aging players a big contract and then they've not been around to play and it just becomes a costly millstone around the club's neck. So, you know, I just want Thomas Party to be fit. It's plain and simple. Uh, Wayne here below says, we need a replacement for Party of equal quality uh, with more starch than Jorginho. Is Arteta and Edu's mistake to bring in Havertz and Vieira and Jorginho at best as a stopgap? 
these players cannot play a physical game and I'm having reservations about Odegaard too. too so I don't agree about Odegaard in the slightest. I couldn't disagree more. To be honest, he's not too soft at all. I think he's a great player. He's had about two bad games in the last week or so that people are suddenly now saying that he's not good enough, which is just remarkable to me. Um, and I don't think it was Arteta and Edu's mistake to bring in Havertz and Vieira when you're talking about Thomas Partey, because obviously they're completely different players. You play in a different position to Partey. Jorginho, again, I think has been a good, see a good signing. I agree. Stopgap probably is a, is a good phrase for him, though. And Arsenal are going to need to bring in a new midfielder at some point, maybe even more than one midfielder and other two midfielders in that, because you've got Declan Rice, who's, I think, is a long-term successor. I don't think Rice is going to be Arsenal's number eight for the long term. I think he's going to be Arsenal's number six for the long term. Um, so I think they already basically have their replacement for Thomas Partey right there. But I think they also need to then replace Jorginho in terms of a long-term solution and potentially a party for a long-term solution. So they will need to bring in more midfield, 100%. I think they do need replacements. But I think ultimately the actual out-and-out -out replacement for party is already at the club. And that man is, is Declan Rice. Okay, here's one. This is what I'm talking about, uh, about Martin Odegaard. This is from Eagle Vision. It says, Odegaard was shocking. Disappears in important games. Need to adjust to playing differently when the opponent is always pressing him or constantly knocking him. Do something different. He can't expect to play the same way every game. Also, finish your open clear-cut chances. Unnecessary flair sometimes destroys his game. Um, and there's one here from Youth Elite Soccer, who says it's from Pearl, I think, from the USA. Uh, hi, Pearl says... Um, uh, I can't emphasize on the good work and content you put out. Thank you very much. There is a word which has often been used, but has um, but has been biasly implemented. Ruthless. Raya versus Ramsdale in his example, even though we can all agree to disagree. If Martin is out of form, in your opinion, isn't it fair for Arteta to drop him or give ESL or Fabio a chance? It will also serve as a chance to take him out of the firing line. Uh, please don't tell me he's captain and can't be dropped because it is about the team here. Plus, Arteta has dropped him when he just signed and he can come back firing. Uh, then he talk about Thomas Partey there, which I've already discussed. Look, I, absolutely, if Martin's out of form, and he has been out of form the last couple of games, then then yeah, if he continues to be out of form, then just because he's captain doesn't mean he shouldn't be dropped. I think it's good that we've seen Mikel's replaced him in the last couple of games. He's clearly seen that he's not playing well and he's taken him off. He's not scared that he's a captain to substitute him. I just think it's a little bit early to... um right now he's had a bad couple of games but I don't think if you just have like two poor games then you should be dropped I think Martin Odegaard's got plenty more sort of good things saved up in the bank to warrant being able to give be given an opportunity to play for it it's only what four games ago when he was absolutely brilliant against PSV three games ago in fact um Oh, no, no, sorry, what am I talking about? It was, a while, it was a while ago. No, it was a Bournemouth game, wasn't it, I was talking about? And that was only a month ago that he was absolutely exceptional against Bournemouth. He was fantastic in that game. Uh, he's played a few international games since then. He's come back from an international break where he started. He got the, I, I saw Ars blog was talking about it in his blog today. Um, remember, he was talking about that foul from Kovacic on him in the Man City games. I wonder if he's still feeling the impacts of that a little bit. He has been poor against Chelsea. He was poor against Sevilla. But I don't think it's... I don't think, you know, I'm not in that moment yet where I'm worrying about Martin Odegaard. It wouldn't surprise me at all to turn up against Sheffield United this weekend and see him put in a fantastic performance. And when um, the top question here saying he disappears in important games, again, I just don't agree with that. Last season, you know, he scored twice against Chelsea, scored against Manchester United this season, straight after United scored. It was Odegaard popping up, getting Arsenal level this season in a really important moment of a really important game. He scored away at Tottenham last season you know it's big big games that he's scoring in there and so I, don't, I just don't really agree that he disappears in important games 
I just think he's had a, a, a poor couple of recent recent performances, and I'm sure he's going to bounce back and he's going to play well. But if he doesn't, if this carries on for another couple of games, then 100% needs to be taken out of the firing line and someone else needs to be given a chance. If you're captain, it doesn't matter. If you're playing not playing well consistently, then you shouldn't be in the team. And so, and and I'm sure he will agree with that 100%, but I, I don't think we're at that point just yet. Um, here's one from Reese. He says, hi, Charles. If Jesus is unavailable this weekend, I'd love to see Havertz coming at the false nine. Sheffield United will play a really low block and he's physically would be more useful. Thought Eddie was lethargic when he came on against Sevilla, outrun by Ramos at one stage, didn't look good. Yeah, I didn't think Eddie had the best of games when he came on against Sevilla. And I agree with this one. Again, I spoke about it earlier on. We know what Sheffield United are going to do this weekend. I'd be very surprised if they play any other way. And having that more focal point up front, if Jesus is not fit, then I, I think could be a good option. And that could also, you could also then bring in Emil Smith-Rowe and play that sort of left eight role alongside Martin Odegaard and have, have Havertz at nine. So yeah, 100%, I agree with this. You know, but if Jesus is fit, Jesus starts for me. Um, but if not, yeah, I think this could be a, a game for um, for Kai Havertz. Uh, just a couple of ones to end this. I just want to say hello to uh, SC9086, who saw me in the BP petrol station. You did indeed on the way to, I was going to watch this severe game at my dad's house. And you saw me in there and said hello. I actually bumped into two people in that petrol station who recognised me from uh, from this and said hello. So hello to both of you. And uh, and yeah, I was on my way. That's what I, I recorded yesterday's show at my dad's house after severe games. So that's why I was still wearing the same tracksuit that you saw me in. Good to see you. And uh, here's one I just wanted to clear up from Dr. Richie Ovi, I think that is. Says, why have you stopped uploading to podcast platforms? I haven't stopped uploading to podcast platforms. It's just as an issue with Google for some reason. The Google podcast that that I don't know what's happened with the RSS feed, but they've somehow gone with one or one's been sort of drawn in that doesn't work, and so it's not appearing. It's not updating in Google. I am trying to fix it at the moment. It's an ongoing process. It's never easy, unfortunately. But all the usual, the other podcast platforms, your Apple, Spotify's, and so on, it's still going into there. It's just Google. Well, I, I hope it's just Google. Certainly, that's the only one that I know of where there are issues and fingers crossed that will be resolved fairly, fairly quickly. All right, everyone, that's it from me. Thank you very much for watching or listening. Like I said, Inside Arsenal Extra Time is coming a little bit later on today. So any questions, any comments, any opinions, let me know. Leave a comment below this video on YouTube and myself and James will go through and discuss a few of them. Have a very good day, everyone. Speak to you soon.